Hallelujah. Our God is good. Amen. God has been so good to us. Day in and day out, he sustains our life. I always say that if you are able to go out and come back home safely, it is grace. I will never stop saying this because it is the grace of God that keeps us going. You may feel that you woke up this morning, you have all the strength to take a step and move. But even your steps are ordered by the Lord. Some move out and they slip and that is it. Their legs get broken and there is nothing they can do. And when we rise up and we step out, somebody holds up our goings, hallelujah. And he preserves our going out and he preserves our coming in. Not because we are better off than anyone. What is man? But his grace has kept us. Amen. We thank God that he has brought us once more into his presence. To know God's word. To eat God's word. That will satisfy our soul. Amen. I want us to appreciate the life of our father. Let's do it for daddy. God bless you so much, daddy, for all the opportunities you've been giving to us as sons and daughters to build us up for the work that is ahead of us. Amen. I want us also to appreciate the life of Mama Juan. We thank God for her life. Amen. I salute all the ministers in the house. Amen. Tonight we are dealing with setting your heart to seek the Lord. It's a teaching service. So I will talk a little, you also talk some. Then we are learning, hallelujah. Setting your heart to seek the Lord. I want us to understand this, that first and foremost, God sought us out first. Bible says that whilst we were yet sinners, he loved us and he still loves us. And he sent forth his son to die for us. The blood of Jesus has brought us a reconciliation to our God. So he sought for us first. When you look at Luke 19.10, he says that he came to save those that were lost. He sought for those that were lost. So if tonight you are here, it's because God sought for you first. And we are here to study about how we can set up our hearts also to seek the Lord. Hallelujah. I want us to look at Ezekiel 34, verse 11 to 12. Ezekiel 34, verse 11 to 12. It says that for thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. Hallelujah. Verse 12. As a shepherd seeks out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and the dark day. Hallelujah. God sought for us first. He loves us. And he wants us to also seek after him. He wants us to also draw near to him. When you look at the word seek, what does seek means? Seek means to pursue. It means to give attention to. It means to clinch onto something. It means drawing near onto something. It means desiring to know. So when we talk about seeking God, it has to do with our desire to develop a personal relationship with God. It's our desire to draw near unto God. It is about seeking his presence. It's about knowing more about God. It is about having an intimate relationship with God. That all that you do, your mind, your heart is fixed on God. Wherever you find yourself, you are cautious of God. That is seeking God. And it has to do with your heart. The heart is very much important in seeking the Lord. When Jesus said, these people draw nigh unto me, Matthew 15, 8. He says that they draw nigh with their mouth. With their lips they honor me, but their heart is far. 
Why would Jesus say that? It means that in seeking the Lord, what is required, what he looks up to most is your heart. Not the words you are saying. Not what is coming out from you. But he looks at the heart with which. Because where your treasure is, there is your heart. So if you treasure to seek the Lord, your heart will show it. Let's not draw near to God with just our lips. But let's get our heart also involved. Hallelujah. I want us to look at 1 Chronicles 22, 19. 1 Chronicles 22:19 Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God Arise therefore and build ye the sanctuary of the Lord to bring the ark of the covenant I want to pause there He says now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord Then arise Build the sanctuary. Bible says that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit stays in us. He says build the sanctuary. Build this body of yours. That the spirit of God can stay in you. Why? Because you need to bring the ark of the covenant into the sanctuary of the Lord. And you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And when you build us this temple, his presence is evoked over your life. That is the ark of the covenant. He says, now set your heart to seek the Lord. And in so doing, I want you to build up yourself first. Then you can bring the ark of the covenant of God into your life. That is the presence of the Lord. So if this body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, then we need to build up this body. Because Bible says that God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him. Those that seek him must seek him in spirit and in truth. Because God is seeking for such people. That is all that he's seeking for. He says, first and foremost, arise and build up this temple that the Holy Ghost stays in it. Because you need the presence of God in your life. Arise. Build ye the sanctuary of the Lord. To bring the ark of the covenant. Hallelujah. I want to say again to look at 1 Chronicles 28, 9. And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and a willing mind. For the Lord search all hearts and understand the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Simple. If thou seek him, you will find him. But if you say you will not seek him, God himself will cast you off. He says that in seeking him, now seek him with a perfect heart. Seek him with a willing mind. Nobody should force you to serve God. You should know why you want to seek God. That is why he says a willing mind, a perfect heart. Why? Because the Lord searches the heart of man. And he understands all the imaginations of the thoughts of man. So in seeking him, the heart is very much involved. You need to engage your heart totally in seeking the Lord. That is why the Bible says that keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 4.23 Keep your heart. If something does not touch your heart, it can never change your life. It has to do with the heart. If something does not touch your heart, it can never change your life. So we are setting up our hearts to seek the Lord. Hallelujah. 
I want us to look at Isaiah 55. Verse 1 to 9. Isaiah 55, 1 to 9. It says, Ho, everyone that thirsts, is anybody thirsty in the house of the Lord? Come ye to the waters, and he that had no money, come ye, buy and eat. How can you buy without money? You need money to buy. But he says that, is anybody thirsty? Come to the waters. Come ye, you that you have no money, come and buy. They that long and thirst after righteousness, Bible says that they shall be filled. If only you thirst for the Lord, you shall be filled. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall seek God. Hallelujah. He says, come ye by, eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money. For thirst, it has to do with something liquid. If I'm really thirsty, I'll not go for banku. I'll go for water. I'll go for something that is liquid. He says, is anybody thirsty? Let a person come. At the same time, he says, come and buy this wine. Come and buy this milk. But you have no money. He says, come and buy. Let's go to verse 2. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfies not. Hearken diligently unto me. And eat ye that which is good. I was glad when um, Pastor Chris said, Jeremiah 15, 16. He said, that words were found. And I did eat them. And it was a rejoicing in my soul. That is the word of God. Eat God's word. Bible says, a man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds, meaning that if you can live, it is not bread. If you can live, it is the word of God that will make you to live. So he said that why do you spend your money to buy things that will not satisfy you? Come and eat. Hallelujah. He said, eat ye that which is good, the word of God, and let your soul delight in fatness. Let's go on. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. Hallelujah. The next verse. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. The next verse. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that knows not, and nations that know not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, for the Holy One of Israel, for he had glorified you. Hallelujah. The sixth verse, he says, Seek ye the Lord. Are you thirsty for him? It started from verse 1. Is anybody here thirsty? Come to me. I will fill you up with the wine of the spirit, with the milk of the word of God. You don't need money to buy that. He says, come you that you have no money, but I'll still fill you with a new wine and with the milk. Then he says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. The next verse. Let the wicked forsake his way. If you can seek God, he says, forsake your wicked ways and the unrighteous his thoughts. Isaiah says something in 59. He says that is the Lord's hand so shortened that he cannot reach, us, reach out unto us? Or his ears are they deaf that he cannot hear us when we call on him? But the verse who says that your iniquities has drawn you away from God. Your sins has hidden the faith of God from you. He says, seek him. But he says that let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. 
and let him return. Hallelujah. He says return. Forsake your wicked ways. Let those evil thoughts leave you. Now return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon thee and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Hallelujah. The Lord will pardon us. Hallelujah. If only we will forsake the ways that we are living and clench unto this God and seek him. Try to have a deeper relationship with, with him because he says that for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, yet the Lord. For even as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than the thoughts that you have. Why don't we seek this God that has a full plan for our lives? Why don't we seek this God that his thoughts are not the way we think the way we would want God to do it, that's not the way he would do it. Because we are thinking that God will come through this way. But he will come through this way because of the glory that needs to be attributed to him. No man takes his glory. He does everything in his own way. He seeks permission from no one. He takes counsel from no one. Because his thoughts are higher than the thoughts that we have. Hallelujah. Now if you can seek God... The intensity of your seeking depends on these three things. One, the intensity at which you can seek God, it depends on one, our ability to search. The first thing. Now I have misplaced my car key. And I sit. I can't find my car key. I can't find my car key. Then I sit. If I don't search for the car key, I will not find it. So if you want to search for this God, if you want to seek for him, one, you should be able to search for him. You should have the desire. What, something should compel you. The way you know that I need to move out and I have misplaced my car key. Something should force me because where I am going is very important. So your ability to search for God tells you how intense your seeking is. The second one, the sense of need for the thing you are seeking for. I need my car keys because I need to move my car. It is urgent to me. I need to move out. So the sense of the thing you are seeking for, the need of the thing you are seeking for, that will compel you to seek for it and the third one has to do with the value that you place on the thing that is being sought for the value is God of value to us yes so we need to seek him three things one your ability to search two the sense of need for the thing you are searching for. And three, the value you place on what you are searching for. That is what will compel you to seek. Hallelujah. I want to look at something about Mary Magdalene. I like illustrations. I take a character and we study something about it. Now when you look at John 20, John 21 to 16, but I'll start reading from the verse 11. Bible says that Mary Magdalene, early in the morning, Sunday morning, Bible says that early, but it was still dark. Meaning that it was dawn. She ran to the tomb of Jesus. And when she got there, the stone had been rolled away. Bible said that she ran back to Peter and John. And said, somebody has taken Jesus away. Peter and John, they ran to the tomb. When they got there, John stood at the entrance of the tomb. Peter entered. He went there. He saw the lining cloth on where Jesus was laid. He saw the two handkerchiefs that were wrapped around him. One at his head and one at his foot. Then the Bible said, John also entered. 
and he saw and he believed what Mary said that Jesus was not there. Jesus has been taken away. The verse 10 says that Peter and John they went back to their home. They came to testify what Mary said that indeed we came to the tomb, Jesus was not there. They left Mary there. Bible says they went to their own home. Now let's look at verse 11. Let's go on. Verse 11. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. The men went. They left. Bible said Mary stood there and she wept. While she was weeping, she stooped down and she was looking into the tomb and she was weeping. And seeth two angels, Peter and John, they entered the tomb, but the angels did not appear to them. Your desperation to know God will pull down his presence. Bible says that while she looked on into the tomb, two angels appeared to her in the tomb. One sitting at the head where Jesus was laid and another at the feet. The next verse. And they say to her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord. And I don't know where they have taken him. This woman was coming for her dead body. To her, Jesus was dead. Her coming there was to pick Jesus away. He says, I am looking for Jesus. Somebody has taken him away. But the desperation at which she was seeking for this man that she knew that he died on the cross and he was buried, the desperation of her brought the angels they need to say something to her. Otherwise, this woman, she will be there and she will weep seeking for Jesus. But he was arisen. He was not there. Hallelujah. The next verse. And when she had that said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom are you seeking? Today, whom are you seeking? With all this weeping, with all this desperation, whom are you seeking? She is supposed him to be a gardener. He told Jesus was a gardener. He said unto him, Say, if you have borne him hence, tell me where you have laid him. And I will take him away. He came to the tomb to pick the dead body of Jesus. See how she treasured Jesus. That is what I want us to look at. This was not even a living being. Let me put that in quotes. Jesus is a living being. But at that time, she was not coming for a living Jesus. But even in death, she saw how valuable Jesus was unto her. Where have you taken him? Please show me that I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, if I, King James I like the new King James. The way they put the exclamation mark after Mary. Jesus said unto her, Mary! Then she said, Rabboni. That was when she realized that it was Jesus. What I want us to look at in this scenario is the heart with which Mary went. Even though she knew that Jesus was dead, she was ready to carry him away. In her desperation, in her seeking, Jesus said, whom are you seeking for? He said, I'm seeking for Jesus. If you have put him somewhere, tell me that I will go for him. Hallelujah. But Jesus is alive. Amen. I want us to look at how do we seek God? All this seeking we are talking about. How do we seek God? 
Can somebody tell me how to seek God? Today is a teaching service. How do we seek God? Any volunteer? Yes, Aunt Doris. She says we can seek him through the studying of his word. That is good. Very good. Who else? How do you seek God? And as something I can renew to you, won't say that. Yes, prof. To meditate on the word of God day and night. Yes, yes, brother. Please, your name? Edward. Okay, Edward, please. Yeah. Come again. With your good heart. Okay. He says that with your good heart, you can seek the Lord. How do we seek God? The most important thing that you need to be able to help you seek the Lord is in Hebrews 11.6. All that you said, it is based on this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If I can study about him, I need to have faith in him. If I can spend quality time with my God, I need to have faith in him. All that you guys said, it is good. It is true. We seek God through his word. We seek God by having fellowship with him. We seek God by total obedience to him. All these things, it is good. But the faith that you have in the person, that will urge you to study more about the person. The faith that you have in the person, that will help you to seek the person. So if you can seek God, he says that for with, without faith, it is impossible to please him. I want to develop a deeper relationship with God. I want to draw closer to God. But this God I want to draw close to, then why do I draw close to him? What am I seeking for? He says, he that comes must first believe that God he is. And that will compel me to search more about him. That will compel me to develop a deeper relationship with him. So if you can seek God, first and foremost, you need to have faith in this God. And this faith will compel you to search the scriptures, to know more about this God. This faith will compel you to have intimate relationship with him. This faith will compel you for you to be obedient unto this God. Without faith, it is impossible when the Bible says that it is impossible, it is really impossible to please God. Because when you believe that he is, that is when you can seek him. And the Bible says that when you seek him, he will reward you. Hallelujah. I also want us to look at which way do we seek God? Which ways? One. We seek him affectionately. We seek him affectionately. Let your door count. Because you love the Lord, that is why you seek after him. If I say that I love you, I don't show it. I don't talk to you. I don't communicate with you. I don't care about you. That is not love. So if we can seek God, we need to attach more love to it. Once in a while, you need to retreat. I call it retreat just to seek him and develop a deeper relationship with him. We need that in this work. This Christian work, we need to seek more about God. Hallelujah. The next one is seek him diligently. 
Proverbs 8, 17. Seek him diligently. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently will find me. Diligently. No distractions. Don't rush in your seeking. No. Spend quality time with him. And it should be something you should desire to do it. Fight all distractions. Fight them. Because those things will hinder you from seeking God. And then them That is it. No. Seek him diligently. Hallelujah. The next thing is seek him continually. Seek him consistently. Psalm 105 verse 4. Seek the face of God continually. It's not like today you are deeply into it. Tomorrow, you easily give up. He says, seek him continually. He says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. There is no break. Seek him continually. And the next thing is seek him purposefully. You should have a name. You should know why you want to seek the Lord. And do it accordingly. Hallelujah. Now one of the things that we should be very good at is the ability to seek out things from the realm that is not natural but spiritual. We should be very good at seeking out things that are not in the natural realm but in the spiritual realm because the spiritual things are first revealed until they are engaged. Spiritual things, they are first revealed before they are engaged. And what gives you, a believer, an advantage is the ability for you to seek things out in the spirit. Because Bible says the secret things are of the Lord. And Psalm 25, 14 says that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. The secret things of the Lord. The ability to seek things out of the spirit. And it will behold on you that when you develop this deeper relationship with God, that is when you'll be able to seek these things out of the spirit. Because when you read 1 Corinthians 2, 9, 9 to 12, it says that I had not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them unto us through his spirit. For the spirit search all things. Yes, the deep things of God. If you bond with your father very well, there are some secrets your father revealed to you without even knowing he has revealed to you. Because of the relationship. If every day you are near to your father, every day you are near to your father, every day you are near to your father, now you build up that relationship with your father. He reveals so many things. There are some secrets he will reveal to you. He will not reveal to any other person. But for what man knows the things of a man, except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God, except the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that have been freely given unto us. The advantage that you have is the ability to search deep the things of the spirit. It is only when you go deeper with God that he reveals these things unto you. That is the advantage that we have. Seeking him more deeply. Hallelujah. There are some obstacles that comes away. 
And I want us to look at three obstacles. Then we'll conclude and enter into just five minutes prayer. Hallelujah. The first thing I want us to look at, the first barrier, is not having the desire to prepare your heart. That desire is not there. If you yourself, you don't have the desire to prepare your heart to seek the Lord, you cannot seek Him. 2 Chronicles 12, 13 to 14. 2 Chronicles 12, 13 to 14. Second Chronicles 12, 13 to 14. Thus King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. Now he, Rehoboam was 41 years old when he became king. And he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord has chosen out of the tribes of Israel to put his name there. His mother's name was Nama, an Amorite. And he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. He did evil. He did evil things because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. When you don't make up your mind, that is why God says that our iniquities have drawn us away from him. So if we don't prepare our heart to seek the Lord, even when you want to do good, evil is present with you. But every day there is a war between your flesh and the spirit. He says that he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. So he did evil. Because the Spirit of God that can help you in your seeking God, he empowers you and imputes on you his righteousness. That will help you to live a righteous life. Bible says that he did evil. Let it not be so with our lives. Amen. The next thing I want us to look at is not taking the time and setting aside a place to seek the Lord. Not taking the time and setting aside a place to seek the Lord. If you, if you get up at six and you are a corporate person, I bet you, you can't do any better devotion. Look, even five o'clock, me five people will I'll be rushing through my devotion. I can't do anything better. You can't do anything better. If I don't get up 3.30, I can't seek him well. And as we journey in this Christian walk, we need to mature. Those times, 10 years ago, my Christian life, and now, it's not the same. So if you are still a baby in Christ, then watch out. So what to me da ne about five one pim are we a corporate person? Now you need to go to work, you need to prepare the kids for school, you need to take care of your husband before you take your bag, enter your car, and go to work. And you still want to seek God, and you don't find time to seek this God and have enough time to seek Him. Forget it. You deceive yourself. I've been through it before. You just, you can't even concentrate. You can't have your time. So what do I do? Unless Wednesday and Friday that I sleep at around 10. If you don't come to church, I discipline myself. By 8, I'm in bed. 
because I need to get enough rest. Then by 3, 3.30, I am up. By the time you are sleeping, you are tired. And that be foul. And when you get up, for the work, they can fire you. For God, he will not fire you. So God, you understand, today I'm late. So I can't, I can't really have time. Don't even waste your time. Because what you need, you see, the, the mind, subconsciousness, the mind and the heart is not there at that moment. When you feel, send down the Holy Ghost. At times I do it. So Holy Ghost, today I feel very tired though. But you still have to wake me up at 3.30. Yes, and he does it. What did I used to 3.30? Match at 4, no, I'm sorry. Because I want to spend time with God. I didn't come this far by my own strength. Oh. As I'm saying that 10 years back, it was all like this. As we journey and the days go by, our spiritual life should be built up. We shouldn't still be the same old people. No. Things have to change. Our devotion time have to change. Set aside time. Ocean I sorry, I would have alarm clock see Above four, my name is That is a serious person. When you get up at four, when I get up at four, I don't stay on the bed. Though. If I stay on the bed, I will sleep. Me, me sorry for them cry. I go to where I meet my God. Yes. Because my story 330. My bro. Yes, you you sleep. But you realize you are even dreaming. You are even dreaming. So if you know that by 334, you see that the body wants to sleep. Around that time, the body wants to sleep. At the same time, you you want to also devote to God. What do you do? You rise up. And I tell you, at that time, no distraction. No. Six a bow and call out number started. Six a bow. Mommy. You are distracted. Around 334, the environment itself is cool. Who's that here? Who name Zoom? Now call. By the time it will be 5:30, you are finished. They are now up. At times, my kids they come to meet me there. She said, "Nana, she comes to meet me. When she comes, she's me nearly. Then she also knew. Then I changed the way I'm praying because I wanted to understand what I'm saying. Then I pray it in the language that she can also pray some. So around that time, when I'm rounding up. That's when she will also come and join me. I call her not steady. Until you say, me sorry, 5.30. Mommy, on you, yeah. Let me get to where mommy is. By the time I realize she's kneeling by me, she's also praying. She may not say so much, but the heart that she comes there and knows that at this time, mommy is praying. Let me also join mommy. This child will grow up to be a great person. Hallelujah. Setting aside time. Let it be a habit. Yes, soon da. And then them. God needs more of you. Enough of the sleep. Hallelujah. The third thing I want to ask look at is unwillingness to separate ourselves from the old way of life. This thing is a barrier. It will never help you. Romans 13, 11 to 14. Unwillingness to separate ourselves from the old way of life. Romans 13, 11 to 14. And do this knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep for our salvation is nearer when we first believe. The next verse. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Hallelujah. The next verse. Let us walk properly as in the day. Not in reverie and drunkenness. Not in lewdness and lust. Not in strife and envy. The next verse. 
But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its last. One of the things that hides God's face from us is our iniquities. It's our way of life. He says, put on Christ and make no provision for the flesh. If you make provision for the flesh, you will fulfill it. You will not be able to seek the Lord. This is a barrier, the way of life, our old way of life. Let it go. Bible says that now our salvation is nearer. Put on Christ. Make no provision. Don't satisfy this flesh. It's always desired that you would pay attention to. No, pay no attention to the flesh. It's difficult at times. You wish you could have your own way. But because of the spirit of God, he says, my daughter, not this way. No, you cannot do this. Make no provision for the flesh. Hallelujah. I'm concluding. I know seeking the Lord has a lot of benefits, but we don't seek God because of what we want to get. No. We seek God because he created us to do that. And all other things, everything we need in life, the Bible says that seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And everything you need in life, God will supply it unto you. But uh, there's something I want us to look at. 2 Chronicles 15, verse 10 to 15. 2 Chronicles 15, verse 10 to 15. 2 Chronicles 15, verse 10 to 15. So they gathered together at Jerusalem in the third month. We are in Adonai in the third month. So they gathered together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. Verse 11. And they offered to the Lord at that time 700 bulls and 7,000 sheep from the spoil they had brought. Then they entered into a covenant. This is where my point is. As a people, when they went into war, they had a lot of spoil, so many sheep, so many cattle. Bible said they made a sacrifice unto God. Now after their sacrifice, they said they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their hearts and with all their soul. The next verse. And whoever will not seek the Lord of Israel was to be put to death. Eh? We will not put anyone to death. Though. But at those times, they said, whoever will not seek the Lord God of Israel was to put to death. Whether you are small, whether you are great, whether you are a man, whether you are a woman. Why? Because they entered into a covenant that now we will seek our God. Then they took an oath before the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting and trumpets and rams and horns. That was a serious thing. And all Judah rejoice at the oath for they had sworn with all their hearts and sought him with all their soul and he was found by them and the Lord gave them rest all around hallelujah can we enter into a covenant with God to seek him all the days of our life nobody will kill us if you default I will say that these people, 
after they had made a sacrifice unto God, now they made an oath unto God that, Lord, I will seek you all the days of my life. I want us to rise up upon our feet. Just five minutes. We want to pray. Bible says that a contrite spirit, a broken heart, the Lord will never despise. When you look at Ezekiel 36, 26, he says, I will give you a new heart. And I will put my spirit within you. I will take away the stony heart and I will give you a heart of flesh. Setting your heart to seek the Lord. A broken heart, a contrite spirit, Bible says the Lord will never despise such a heart. I want us to lift up our voice and pray that Lord, touch my heart. Take away this stony heart. This heart that at times does not desire to seek after thee. And give me a heart of flesh. You said you give me a heart of flesh and you will put your spirit within me. Pray to God. The Lord touch my heart. Touch my heart tonight. Let me have a change of mind about the way I seek you. I long to know you more. I want to go deeper with you. I cannot do it by myself. But I pray tonight that if only you can touch my heart, I know that I can be able to go deeper with you.